Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Yo, 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 what's up? And welcome back to the best fantasy football podcast on the air. The Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast brought to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself. I got my bros with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, bro, Joe, the rookie aficionado, holla at the people. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we have a great show. Not only a great show, but a great series of shows that are going to be popping off over these next few weeks leading into the season. It's time to make sure you go ahead and grab your notebooks, you lean in, and this is what's going to get you those championships this year. We have our ranking series popping off. Today is going to be quarterback ranking, so we're going to get you ready for redraft. 90 days. It's, it's going to fly by, you guys. Uh, we're right in the thick of it, if you will. So we're going to make sure we get you the information that you need. Make sure that it's entertaining while we're doing it. Make sure you stick with us. Send our link to a friend. Make sure they know about us. We're going to be making sure that you get all the information that you need to know on your QBs, your running backs, your wide receivers, who's going where, why it makes sense to get this guy instead of that guy, all of that. We're going to cover it all. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. We're going to go ahead and hop right into our news. And now your fantasy news. All right, good people. So let's go ahead and start out with our quarterbacks. First up, we have Mr. Brock Purdy. He is on track from his rehab from the uh, elbow injury that he had. He is on pace. So it looks like as of right now, the 49ers QB competition is null and void because Trey Lance nor Sam Darnold apparently can hold much of a candle to Brock Purdy when he's healthy. Right now, Trey Lance is continuing to uh, see the first team reps while Purdy is on the men, but he is on track and he's uh, he's already throwing the ball now. So. That is looking good for the 49ers. Um, Aaron Rodgers won't be participating in full drills due to a calf injury. So 11-on-11 drills uh, earlier this week, he did not participate in. We're kind of in the mandatory phase of training camp now, making it a little bit more important. All the guys are there kind of crossing the T's, dotting the I's as you um, get the offseason program truly underway. So that's something to monitor. Probably won't have any long-lasting effects, but having an injury that keeps you out of practice this early uh, probably isn't what the Jets or Aaron Rodgers had in mind. Purdy, I think, you know, he was going to be the starter if ready. Uh, let's just see if he's ready. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he's trending in the right direction. Uh, but with these injuries, who knows? You know what I mean? So hopefully there's no, you know, steps taken back, anything like that. I think he'll be ready. I really think Trey Lance could be a topic of trade uh, when it comes out of three. I'm not sure they're going to carry all three of these guys into the season. It's possible. But I can really see uh, Trey Lance being a, a topic of discussion when it comes to 
or being traded. So you think it'll take an injury, or do you think like already, no matter what happens? I think an injury can speed it up. Okay. You know what I mean? In one of these cases, uh, let's say against the Tennessee Titans, uh, Tannehill mm-hmm. goes down. I think they'd be on the phone. You know what I mean? So I don't think they're. I would have thought Tampa Bay would have been on the phone already. Well, I mean, they did invest a few, I guess a little bit in, in Trask. Mayfield maybe comes a little cheaper. But I, I, could, I can, you know, definitely see if an injury comes, you know, some phone calls will start starting. But um, as far as Rodgers, I mean, this dude don't participate in camp anyway. But the only thing about that, I would say this is a new team. So getting acclimated right, to the guys right. is, is a little different. That's one thing about him. He kind of like hangs his hat on not being a guy that really participated in camps anyway. But it's interesting that he's making an excuse for it this year. So at least he's trying to, <laughs> if it is an excuse, that is. But Jacoby Brissett is currently in a battle with Sam Howell. Per uh, Ron Rivera, it's looking like Sam Howell's currently in the driver's seat. Or it's his position to lose, but they're neck and neck. And we've had some discussion um, over Jacoby Brissett's abilities in comparison to how neither one are, you know, cream of the crop type guys, but Brissett has been able to show and prove when he's been given the opportunity, um, even if he was just filling in for an injured guy. So how do you see this ending up, Joe? Yeah, this is actually a tough one to kind of like look at only because Rivera, like it's just mixed signals with him. Like um, before we're going into like Heineke, for example, Heineke did well, he was a starter, he he played decent, right? We can't say that he he did anything else to wow us, but where was the opportunity to build on success, you know, with success? He went out and got wins. And then from wins, he ended up going back to Heineke and then going back to, to – well, not going back to, but then getting Howell two games, right? I think with this new offense and everything considered, I think Howell has the leg up. But I think it's a short leash, honestly. I think, you know – I think if he doesn't have a successful season this year – the following season, he he's going to be out of there. I think it's be enemy's team after this season unless they win a playoff game, which that's they a probably beautiful. won't. That's a, that's <laughs> a good that's a good point because I think that would be the perfect uh, scenario. What if, it, despite of the inefficiency at quarterback, they still muster like a top fifteen offense, which is still possible. You can still not have a winning team or a quarterback instead of a top fifteen offense. True. I think, like you said, the enemy can easily slide into the head coach. As far as the quarterback, I think, honestly, is housed to start off. Brissett played good. We got to give him credit. He played good with Miami, even with the bad leg when, when that injury occurred. He played phenomenally well with Cleveland. Honestly, they should have rolled the hot hand with him uh, even when Watson came back because that team was firing all cylinders. I even like the weapons he got now with Washington. I think Unfortunately, I think it's going to be one of the things we're not going to know definitively, and we're going to, have to watch even into the season. Real quick on that, I don't, I kind of disagree as far as Brissett saying he played well. I mean, he played average at best. I don't even see why he's in Washington. You know what you're going to get, and in this offense of the enemies, that's not the kind of quarterback you need. So I get it; he's there. He think he can fight for a starter's role against a rookie. Well, let's call him a rookie. You know, Sam Howell. But Brissett, I mean, what what is it? I haven't seen much to make me think he's a starting quarterback in his league. He's a game manager at best. He's not going to win you any games. I don't get it. I don't understand the the love of Brissett. How many games he played last year? Did he started 12, 13, something like Okay, 12. Because Watson came in in week 13. If I'm, and so I he think played like 12 was a bye week for them, if I'm not mistaken. He threw 12 touchdowns. 
go up. Yay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. That's, that's not that impressive to me. I just don't see the big, you know, I don't, I don't understand why he's on this it's, team. It's, it's not that he's a, a world beater. It's that he may be better than Sam Howell, who also isn't a world beater. I guess which option do you choose of Listen, the options he, that you if have? If he's better than Sam Howell, then Rivera is definitely getting fired after this year. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Because Jacoby is not going to keep your job. Yeah, and I can agree with that sentiment as well. Like this, looking at what, for example, what we see Indianapolis doing, going to Houston to go and get their quarterback. This was their prime opportunity to go in this year's draft and go and solidify that position. And I agree. I'm not. I'm definitely not saying Jacoby is a world beater, a top quarterback. But if you're asking somebody to manage a game, I think he can do that successfully. And they again going into the season, they did relatively well, and it just that rapport and everything else fell apart when they transitioned to then Deshaun Watson coming back. Next year they're getting a quarterback. It's going to be a top pick in uh, Washington, regardless. My personal opinion, regardless of whether it's, Hale, it's a Howell or it's Brissett. So that actually goes back to the setup of Eric Bieniemy being in position to have an offense that, that can kind of, you know, hum a little bit and have the right person behind center. So I don't know. Riverboat Ryan may uh, – he, he may be in a little bit of trouble this, this year because that division is not letting up and the teams that they have to go against that are outside of the division isn't going to be that easy easier. So – I don't know. It'll be interesting. We got Gus Edwards, who's kind of taking things a little slowly. Uh, it looks like he's going to be partially ready for mini camps, and he should be fully ready to go for a training camp at the end of July. He is still number two on the depth chart behind J.K. Dobbins. So behind him, they do still have uh, Justice Hill, and then they have the rookie Mitchell Keaton. So just keep in mind, Gus Edwards is on the mend. He's probably out there free if you need, you know, a, a guy that may be able to give you a couple of weeks as far as uh, running back is concerned. Um, Josh Jacobs is in that mandatory mini camp, but that's on par for the course because he hasn't signed his franchise tender yet. So you can't punish him because he is in under contract. So who knows if this is going to end up, how, how far this is going to end up going. I don't know if he just doesn't necessarily want to participate in camp or if he may be thinking about possibly holding out a few weeks of the regular season. But um, have you guys heard anything as far as this is concerned? Is it just kind of par for the course for this time of year? Or is it something for fantasy owners to be concerned about, especially in redraft? You know, they always say no news is good news. But in this situation, I don't think no news could be bad news. I'm not sure what kind of guy he is as far as, you know, sticking to his guns or something like that. But for I don't think the Raiders are going to budge on this thing. Oh, no, I don't think they are. Yeah. So it's a question of if is will he. Right. So it's really going to be all up to him. Maybe he'd be one of those guys that show up late, maybe week three, four. If that's the case, I see them bringing in another guy, maybe uh, Leonard Fournette, maybe a Kareem mm, Hunt. Okay. Um, because I don't think White, uh, Abdullah, those guys, I don't think those are the guys that you want to start. NFL season off with that running back. So um, I, I could see them be picking up one of these veteran running backs. Maybe even, a, who knows, maybe an Ezekiel Elliott. You know what I mean? I could definitely see them bringing in a veteran running back if uh, Jacobs decide not to sign. Dalvin Cook is unlikely to be a Viking. We keep hearing it, but the groundswell is getting a little bit louder. 
Don't exactly know where he may end up. Not sure if this is going to be one of those situations to whereas we couldn't find a trade partner, so we're just going to cut you, similar to what happened with DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. It's looking like he's not going to be with the team. So um, that's one running back that may be filling in a spot somewhere else, or he may go somewhere and make what we thought was going to be a two-headed monster or a, a full committee, just depending on what he and you know his group thinks works out best. Um, we have Jonathan Taylor, who isn't practicing yet. Um, we know he had ankle issues on last year. They're taking it slow with him. Um, the surgery, according to the team and to Taylor, was a complete success. And um, they're not worried about any remaining issues or lingering issues, if you will, um, going into the year and start a training camp. He, she, he's expected to be fully healthy. So uh, we have that going. Uh, Tony Pollard is on track for training camp as well. So a lot of these guys who were injured last year, uh, the mini camps aren't really too high on their list of priorities, but the end of July training camp is um, where they're kind of positioning themselves to be able to go full throttle. Goes the same for David Montgomery, who's wasn't practicing with an undisclosed issue, um, but it doesn't look to be anything that's too serious or anything that's going to hold them out for any length of time. I was just going to say, like, with Jonathan Taylor, like, um, it was just a scope. I think, you know, I know we all – obviously, it's a surgery. We want to be technical, but it's just a, a scope. They're just removing, like, you know, chipped up bone and stuff like that, just cleaning it pretty much. So he's genuinely uh, full to go. Even with something like mandatory minicamp, I honestly – him being a bell cow and stepping into that role, I can see the hesitancy to just – throwing out there preemptively. I, I would just try to recover, 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 and just kind of get him ready for the season. David Montgomery, I mean, I don't know what, what he was to talk about as far as, as he as far as his injury. I just we just never see him with many injuries. And also too, like I don't expect his responsibilities to really be substantiated by being in the offense with Detroit. I think it's good news with Pollard. I was actually nervous about that ankle injury. I thought it was going to be something severe. He's even come out and said he feels faster, and um, he's just really excited about where his recovery is. So I think that's good news to hear going into the season that he feels as though uh, he's going to be in full swing. I think at many camps he did participate in some drills, which is really good to see coming from that type of injury. I thought it was going to be worse. Um, but for him to feel faster and feel like a, like he's going to be a full go, that's a lot of confidence heading into the draft. Moving on over to wide receiver, uh, Zay Flowers had a minor tweak on Tuesday. Um, it was an undisclosed injury, but uh, it did take him out for a little bit. They aren't overly concerned about you know his issue, but there was a little something that happened on this previous Tuesday. Michael Thomas was dealing with the toe injury for like, what seems to have been a whole year and before that the ankle and knee or whatever else it was it seems like he's been injured ever since he got paid but it's looking like he's going to be available for training camp i want to say this may be the first season in a while where it looks like he was going to actually be healthy going into the season so they are attempting to you know avoid injury setbacks to the injury or anything like that but do you guys have any confidence in michael thomas or you know with Chris Olave kind of taking over the torch. Should we temper our expectations, even if he is healthy at this point? Like, what else do you think he has left in the tank? I mean, I think maybe you should temper your expectations as far as injury is concerned, but as far as in the tank, I think he's still got a lot of love for me. 
the very few games he played last year, he looked like the Michael Thomas of old. So in these injuries he's had, he has had haven't been like, you know, major knee surgeries or things like that. And they've all been like ankle, stuff like that. So, you know, foot injuries. So, And that's the thing if, that gets me because it seems so minor, but he's out for the whole year with these minor I think injuries. I think he's just playing the, the role. You know how you get these jobs. And I think he's just playing it to the door. You know what I mean? I think he could have been back playing early on a couple of these injuries, but I think he was just like, I'm a prolong. What's my motivation? <laughs> right. It's a new sheriff in town. Maybe he'll feel better with the new regime, things like that. When I did see him take some snaps last year, he looked he looked great. Olave, I think this helps him. He gets another guy on the, on the other side of him. I mean, let's not get twisted now. Thomas is the GOAT of the Ohio State receivers. Like, all these guys look up to him. Now, of course, you got the young kid that's there now who's supposed to be the best of all of, of the whole bunch. But to the Olaves and all the, you know, the Wilsons and all those other guys, they all of them like Michael Thomas. He's like the Julio of Ohio State, if that makes sense. Right. So, right. Um, so I think Olave would probably like still get under the wing a little bit when it comes to who's the 1A. What I was going to say is this, just considering his injury history, I don't, I'm, I'm, undec- I'm undecided. Even going to the three games he did start, right? He he definitely got the targets. He definitely had the receptions. It's just what you didn't get much out of it though. I mean, of course he had what 57, 65, 49. He, he scored some touchdowns. He scored two touchdowns, one touchdown. I think he had three touchdowns part. in three weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he had two, one is and then he had zero. But as far as a yard standpoint and the productivity, it it just left a lot to be desired. With his injuries, it was just he had the he had one injury. He decided not to have surgery. Then he realized he had to have surgery. He came back again, and then he got hurt. And then he was, you know, inactive and didn't play the rest of 2022. Like, these were current injuries. Like, these are still foot and leg injuries. It's not like we just talking about it's a shoulder here, it's an arm here. It's in the same general area. We haven't seen that really pan out for many players. I love him. We all know that he his readiness and where he goes into his preparation. He's one of those elite guys that we can say is a workout warrior. But I just like on a whim, like this, he made it a one-year deal for a reason so he can get out of there. And I think he's going to have to put a good season on tape. But with uh, Sheed and Olave, Jawan, it's, I think it's, it's a lot of other names that could kind of play into uh, this offense this year. Michael Pittman Jr. is managing a hip issue. It's supposedly not too serious, but, you know, those hip injuries, you know, you don't want to – you really don't want to hear that, especially when it comes to positions that you kind of need that explosion and to be able to kind of get by people and things of that nature. But Pittman is dealing with a bit of a hip injury. Elijah Moore in Cleveland, he's lining up inside and outside. He's kind of turned into a Swiss Army knife for the Browns offense. Looks like he may be – Watson's best friend, based on what we're, we're kind of seeing right now, um, Amari Cooper is back in practice. Um, he, he was a full participant. So uh, we'll kind of see how those targets end up hashing out. But Watson has a plethora of targets to kind of deal with and a serious amount of talent out there. So does that kind of make you guys feel some kind of way about picking any of the receivers because they're so many options out there now like a lot of teams have you know maybe two receivers this team is kind of stacked in that position now and they have a, a good tight end as far as uh Njoku is concerned and a running back that can catch out of the backfield too so 
great for Watson, but I don't know if any of the wide receivers are whichever one he happens to latch on to, the other ones may suffer. We'll kind of see how that goes. I'm going to always take the alpha dog in any situation. It's a, a bunch of guys all, you know, packed up together. I'm just going to go with the alpha, and that's Amari Cooper. Um, the tight end is usually also a, a good safe bet as well because they're like the safety blanket for most quarterbacks. I'm not going to be confused by, you know, Elijah Moore having a good mini camp and things like that. I'm going to always go with the alpha. So for my money, give me Amari Cooper, and then everything else just falls into place. I think this is – I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a crazy year to your point, but I can't really say specifically to whom. Is going to be the successor that I think, you know, we've seen in Joku like come a lot. That, that boy was beasting before he got nicked up a little bit in the middle of the season. He came back to form, but if they keep doing what they're doing and, and Joku takes another step, man, I, I would, I, I, oh, let me take that back then for me saying that. I think in Joku might be, if he can, I think he might take that step. I think he'd be the biggest beneficiary of this offense. But what, what will it look like? They're saying they're going to open it up, they say they're going to, you know, you know, do a little things a little bit differently, get more pass happy. But, you know, we got to see that more so what that looks like the week one, week two. But we know Deshaun for certain is on a uh, going to play really well next year. And we finally heard a couple of rumors about where Hopkins may end up. At least we know where he's going to visit this coming Sunday. And that's going to be the Tennessee Titans. So do we feel like Tennessee is going to let him get out of the building? Um, I know Tennessee was one of those spots that um, I said on the show last week would be a great spot for him based on necessity and them having someone who he can kind of tutor, if you will, to kind of be in the same vein as him, um, skill set wise, size wise, things of that nature. But do we think that this is just kind of a let's see if we can get the ball rolling with some action versus it being kind of a, a stalemate or do we think he'll end up actually signing with Tennessee? I tell you what, I think if you're other, I heard the the Ravens are monitoring the situation. I don't think you should do that. I think if you want him, just go get him. I can very well see him not leaving the building once he get there. I agree. I mean, why would you even risk that if you really think this guy can really help you win ball games? He has some familiarity with the uh, the coach. You know, they were together in Houston. Um, so you never know. I mean, it's a good GM there, a very likable guy, and D'Amico, not D'Amico, Carthon. Hey, you just never know, man. I could see him possibly be signing because, I mean, it doesn't seem like many teams are interested. It seems like everybody's kind of sitting back waiting. Right, exactly. So, so if you're talking turkey, why not? Right. Like Tennessee is good as anywhere else if, if if you're in it for the money and not for the you know possible ring, which I think that was kind of shown by him basically saying the bills were out of it from the beginning based on the amount of cap space that they had to be able to pay for a wide receiver. So right. we kind of understand that he's looking at this as, hey, it's my last contract, and I got to look at this as this got to last the rest of my life. So, And they, and they really need receiver help. They're one of the teams that really they need do. receiver help. Facts. And he go in with a lot of time. Another thing is maybe he wants to play with a, a Derrick Henry type of player where – you can't really focus on me as far as like doubling a wide receiver. Like we know every team he's been on, he's been doubled. But when you got Derrick Henry in that backfield, you might want to make sure your safety is paying attention to him. Um, so it, it, it can create some mismatches with having that much talent at the running back and the wide receiver position there. So we'll kind of see how that works out. I think with D-Hop, the thing is uh, OBJ signed and really kind of set him back. 
again to what we spoke to last week, you don't go and get an agent unless you want to make a lot more money because he did his his last deal himself. But then look at it from OBJ where he got like 16, 17 million. I think D Hop honestly still wants to be in the ballpark of twenty or twenty or so million. And that's with like incentive escalators and different things, obviously, um, considering he on the free market. I think it's doable. I think it's a good start that he's gonna go to Tennessee. But I think this is gonna drag out until you know the next few weeks, maybe early July. I think you know, similar to Derek Carr, where you kind of take you go on that visit, you had that offer, you take it around to a few other teams that can afford it, and then you make a decision from there because Again, I think he has, you know, he can get another deal three to four years and come out on the, on the other side of making 80 to 100 million. Like I said, incentive escalators and things included. He's just finding a place that can facilitate that. And honestly, it's more than a, less than a handful of teams that can do that. And that pretty much wraps up the news. We're going to go ahead and get into our quarterback rankings. All right, it is time to get ready for this redraft season. We're going to give you our QB rankings. We don't discuss our rankings amongst each other prior to this show. So <laughs> what's said is normally a surprise to us all, whether that means we're surprised that we agreed or we're surprised that we were so far off. But the ranking shows are definitely where we get the most arguments and the most bets. So we we're definitely going to have a lot of fun with this. But basically what we're doing is we're ranking the QBs as we see them uh, being drafted uh, talent-wise and fantasy point-wise for redraft. And uh, we're doing this in both a tier system and kind of putting them within the tier where we feel they may flesh out. But the main thing to remember when drafting is the reason we look at tiers is because if I think this guy is going to be in the same realm as far as points as a couple of other guys, and I can wait a little bit to get them, then I can probably add another piece or two that is going to put me head and shoulders above others. And then I still didn't really have to sacrifice points, although I didn't necessarily get the name that I wanted. So we're all about points over names, and if the math makes sense, that's what you go with. So, Vander, go ahead and start with your tier one, and then, Joe, you follow up with your tier one, and then I'll get mine, and then we'll discuss from there. Okay, and my tier one, guys, only have three quarterbacks. That's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts. Those are my tier one in, quarterbacks. In, in, in that order or just looking at the tier itself? Uh, in that order. Okay. What's your tier one, Joe? I only got Mahomes and Josh Allen in my tier one. Interesting. Okay, so I have four quarterbacks in my tier one. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. I want to say I was the only one to mention Lamar in tier one, so I'll do a little bit of explaining as far as that individual is concerned. I feel like Lamar's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He has more talent at the wide receiver position than he's had in quite a while. Still has his best friend, the tight end. J.K. Dobbins is healthy, which is going to be a, another great outlet. Changing the offense in and of itself to something that's more universally quarterback friendly, but not taking away his uh, usefulness as far as his legs are concerned, but not putting the onus on him to run all at the same time. I think that puts him back where he was previously, um, which is in the conversation of being one of the best 
fantasy quarterbacks out there. So um, of Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, and Jackson, I kind of feel like any one of those four, just depending on how the wind blows, could end up being number one, number two, number three, something like that. So that's kind of why I have them in my tier one. I really didn't have any issue with the, um, the way you guys kind of made out your tiers. Joe, I'm interested to hear your tier two with the uh, with only having a couple in your tier one. So go ahead and start us out with your tier two. All right. So with my tier two, I got Hertz, Herbert, Jackson, Burrow, and Justin Fields in my tier two. All right. So our first difference is going to be I got Herbert falling back. I still have him as a QB one. I have him ending up around QB 11, and I have him in my tier three of QBs. I actually have uh, Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins ending up above Herbert this year. Uh, I just I just got a feeling like his pass catchers and let now that would be a place that um, if I was Hopkins I would check into. But I just got a feeling this pass catcher is gonna let him down again. Like they, they stay hurt. But um, what you got for tier two, Vander? I got Burrow, Lamar Jackson here. Herbert and Justin Fields. Now, the reason I have Lamar here and not in tier one is because I don't think he's going to do as much rushing in this new offense. Uh, it's going to be a lot more passing. We're not going to see the, the thousand yard rushing and that thing's going. I don't even know if he's going to get 800 yards for that reason alone. Um, I don't have him in my tier one. For my tier two, I, it starts at QB number five, which I have Justin Fields there. Following Justin Fields, I have Joe Burrow. Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, and Geno Smith. That rounds out my top 10, guys. I kind of really feel like Fields and Jackson are kind of two pieces in the same pot. They have better weapons. They can still run, all that kind of good stuff. Deshaun, I think he's he's just going back to his natural position and in, in place within fantasy after kind of knocking the rust off. And Lawrence, I think he's going to take another huge step forward. Kirk Cousins, I mean, he always stays in the pocket. Why wouldn't this go around? So the only people that I think don't have necessarily dependable weapons, um, which is why Justin Herbert ended up in my tier three to start at QB 11, is because not of his talent, but I don't think that Allen is going to stay healthy. Williams doesn't normally stay healthy. And if he's depending on the rookie that they just picked up, uh, Quentin Johnson, I don't know how that's going to end up looking. I know he does have Everett, but I just don't know. But that's why I met with my tier two. Let me just uh, throw something in there about the Chargers, right? I, I can understand the, the injury concern between Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, but I think even I think even if you can take that into account, look at the success of Kellen Moore. That's what that's what because again they dealt with injury to Amari, they dealt with it to Gallup. True. true. And over the last four seasons with uh, the Cowboys, he ranked second in points per game, second in total yards, uh, fourth in yards per play. And then fourth and third down percentage. So this offense to me is going to look a lot more explosive uh, than we saw last year. And that's kind of crazy, right? Considering they did fairly well. But I think the concepts and things are very similar to what they have, but it's going to be more aggressive. But to your point, okay, even if you take away Williams and, and Allen, that's why they still had a, a Palmer. They went and got a Quentin Johnston. They, went, they already have, uh, they got Davis in the draft as well, too. You already mentioned Everett. And I think the key cog to this offense that he didn't get to utilize, but we saw in a sense, was Pollard. Now you give me somebody who's even more of a pass catcher, more of a three-down bat, 
And they seem to have made it work with Joshua Kelly, who played the Zeke role in a sense, not as far as the Zeke when healthy, the Zeke in his prime, but what we saw the last two seasons. I think they, they have a fair chance to do relatively well, Just not just the pieces. The coordinator is what got me because he finished, what is this, nine rookie year, second, and then 11th this year, and they dealt with injury the entire year. So I see that, and I'll raise you this. Normally, mm-hmm. we don't see an increase in stat output year one of a new offense. And I don't remember how Dak looked year one in Kellen Moore's offense. Um, I, I really truthfully don't remember at all how he looked year one. But more often than not, it takes you know going into that second year before everything really clicks. So that's another reason why I just don't feel like Justin Herbert is going to be firing on all cylinders in comparison to a couple of the other guys. Like, like I, I have a Geno Smith ahead of him who was QB5 before getting Jackson Smith and Jigbo. So, I mean, like, they, they he didn't lose anything. And unless last year was just a, a huge fluke, I don't see how he doesn't end up in tier two of QB. So it's, it's, it's what the increase that some of the other guys have is why I have Herbert falling back. Like Kirk Cousins now has Jefferson and Addison and TJ Hawkinson knows the offense. Like that could be an increase, although he was a QB one last year. Trevor Lawrence being with that um, QB group with an additional year and he kind of had a breakout last year. So and now he has a true weapon, a, a true number one wide receiver as long as he has his head on straight with uh, Calvin Ridley. So a lot of these guys that put up numbers last year without much talent have more talent now so that's the only reason that that's one of the reasons i see justin herbert kind of falling back just a little bit what you got for your next year event here i got trevor lawrence kirk cousins Dak prescott deshaun watson jerry golf have aaron Rodgers, geno smith those are my that's it it stops right there any questions comments concerns emotional outbursts on that one joe no, nah, because we actually had a very similar uh, tier three, actually. My tier three went from QBs 11 all the way to 21. So I think I may actually have the, the larger tier three. And basically the way that I do my tiers is these are guys that I feel will end up relatively close to each other as far as weekly um, point output is concerned. Not necessarily end of year, but what you're going to get from them every week is going to be similar. Um, and with that, I had Justin Herbert starting out this tier, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Anthony Richardson, Tua Tunga Valoa, Russell Wilson, CJ Stroud, Derek Carr, and Matthew Stafford to round it out for my tier three. My tier three is a little bit larger because some of these guys, I kind of feel like they're in position to do it. Others, I kind of feel like injury may play a role in what ends up happening overall with them but all things being equal and not prognosticating injury i think that they can put up similar point totals on a weekly base somewhere between like 18 to 22 points on a weekly base and obviously they'll have their you know outlier weeks where they'll be a little higher than that and you know the outlier weeks where they may be a couple of points lower than that but i kind of see all these quarterbacks being right there in that same pocket Joe, so what you got? My, oh, yeah. See, look at that. We was on the same page. <laughs> um, <laughs> my tier three, I had uh, in this order, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, and then Geno at uh, 14 for my tier three. 
So that's interesting to me because I know you know Seattle in and out. And essentially what you're telling me is Geno's going to be worse this year than he was last year. Why do you feel that way? I think Geno can still be good. I just think that the, we're going to be more of a balanced team. And I don't think, you know, as far as touchdown opportunities, it's going to go to the backfield. Like I look at Kenny Walker and Charbonnet, that duo, and then let's imagine the Packers, right? So we've seen Aaron Rodgers still produce. He still was, you know, in that top 15 area, so to speak. And that would put him at 14 on my list. But I think it's going to be uh, more heavy uh, on the run. Even though we have the additional weapons, we still were an aggressive passing team. I just don't think he'll be in this offense. I think it's going to be more so on the running game because we like to really, – idealistically, Pete Carroll likes to have a control-style offense where it's just like – we got deep plays. We got all these variables, like all these different ways to d- dip in and dunk. But uh, you know, our how we got to the playoffs and how we won Super Bowls in our dynasty is through the running game. Sean Alexander, Marshawn, you know, we just like to run the ball. And I just, I'm not trying to say he won't have an opportunity again. He's still in the top. To me, he's a 14. I just don't see those touchdowns being there. And I honestly think that efficiency, he played out of this world. I just don't. See, Gino is that guy. I mean, he going he going to do good, but I'm not saying I don't think he's that good to you know replicate that in another season. Ben, to go ahead and start us out with your tier four. All right, for tier four right here, I got uh, Daniel Jones. I got Tua, Tiger Paloa, and that comes with a a risk. Russell, so Wilson. Let, let me ask you real quick. Tua, is he in the tier because of the injury risk, or would yeah. he be further back if if no, he weren't I, considered? I mean. He'd be higher if it wasn't for the injury injury risk. Okay, okay. Let's say all things being equal, where would he end up if I said he was going to play 17 of the 18 weeks? Still, I still have him in tier three. Okay. So he'll be up there with the Trevor Lawrence's, and, you know, he'll still be in that range. He just falls a tier down for us. They will have him under the Fields, the Herberts, but he'll be higher than Cousins, you know, guys like that. So I think he could still be like a quarterback eight or nine, I think. With no risk. Gotcha. Barring injury, he's a QB1 is what you're saying. 100%. Okay. 100%. He's, he's extremely accurate. He doesn't throw a good mm-hmm. deep ball, but he's extremely accurate. And he has the guys on the team that make plays after the catch. A lot of yak guys. That that's kind of falls in his favor with that. But uh, I have uh, him here. Russell Wilson, who I think is going to be a bounce back season for him. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Derek Carr. Okay, now with Stafford, is Stafford here because of injury, or do you think that this is just where he settles if he's not injured? He's 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 just here. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, he's, he's just here right now. And, and I mean, also with the loss of weapons on the team, you know, things like that, kind of, you know, is why he's sitting right here. So even if he played the full season, I think he'll still be right here. Also have Derek Carr here. Have Anthony Richardson here as well. That's about it. Anthony Richardson was in this tier, but I don't recall hearing you mention any of the other rookie quarterbacks. So right. is it safe to say that you feel that Anthony Richardson is going to have the best uh, rookie QB? Here? I think he has the higher upside due to him being mobile. Right. The other guys, right. they can run, but they're not runners. Like a CJ Stroud, right? Facts. Yeah, I think he don't the, like to run at all. He yeah. had to run against Georgia, but right. yeah, he he's don't the, like to run. I think he's the better passer of all three out of him, Young, and Richardson, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, but Richardson, he just has that. He's right here because of those legs, man. Look at the system he's coming from, um, from the Eagles. Sheshin, whatever his name is. Sheshin, yeah. 
Something right. like that. So with him being at the you know at the front of this this team, I could see him doing a lot of rugby style touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? If if, mm. if a guy like uh, Jalen Hurts can go get what 13 rushing touchdowns last year, or something like right. that. How many you think this guy can get? Facts. <laughs> you know what I'm Facts. saying? Like especially if they get goal and one or two. I mean, you know what they're doing. They're gonna jump into rugby. And trust me, I'm betting my money on this dude getting in ten times out of ten. So he's especially gonna especially with having to pay attention to Jonathan Taylor. Who also could get the ball in that situation. Right. And I think that's kind of hurts Jonathan Taylor. I like Jonathan Taylor, but I think a lot of he have a lot of vulture touchdowns due to I that, that. Only because of that guy in this system. And this offensive line, it was one of the best few years back. It went to one of the worst last year. Now right. some of those guys are still <laughs> there. So I think with those guys still there, you could very I could see this guy having eight eight rushing touchdowns this year. You know. I can also see Jonathan Taylor having more rushing yards though. I'm definitely yeah, less 100%. touchdown, both your touchdown, but but more yards, which could right. make them a little bit more consistent. Not not the um, the upper outlier games that you saw before when he got all the touchdowns, but right. you know, not none of the the, the low lows either because he'll have no, a one hundred percent rushing, one hundred percent. Yeah, my tier four kind of uh, short. So starting at fifteen, I got Derek Carr, I got Daniel Jones, I got Tua, I got Kenny Pickett. Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford from my uh, tier four. So you don't really necessarily feel like Russell's going to bounce back this year. You think it's going to be a little bit more the same? Yeah, honestly, I'm not. I'm not the right person to talk about Russell because <laughs> you uh, still feel I, some kind of way about him leaving Seattle. <laughs> it's not that I, I feel like I feel about him leaving. It's just like we literally put the same offense he had his entire collegiate career with him in Seattle. Like, we didn't ask him to do anything out of the norm. And then when he was asked to do so, we saw how long it took him to come along and get on the the train. Now I'm asking him to learn another offense, but this time it ain't no your R3 team, your parking lot, and your own office. And now I'm asking you to be the guy that we – they paid you to be last year. I I don't I don't know. I, I want to see what the offense looked like too. I think the big piece for me is Javante Williams. To me, was going to be the catalyst to this offense. I think everything could have ran through him. And I want to see what that looks like going to a P Ryan and company. I mean, like they can still go get like we keep throwing Fournette. We keep you know can mention Dalvin Cook. There's ways to improve that, but I just don't. I don't know. Like, can he get into a shootout with Mahomes and Herbert twice a year at least? I don't think so. With that that defense, he might not be in a shootout. He could be very well playing from ahead. Let's not – let's get Russell – we can't go hard on – too hard on Russell. I mean, he was playing – it was the equivalent of having um, the Patriots offense according to last year. You know what I'm saying? That's how I look at it. If you can't be hard on Mac Jones, you should be hard on Russell because he had Hackett who was out there just – who knows what he was doing that first half of the season? Those guys lost a lot of games at the very end of the game. Questionable coaching decisions and things of that nature. That's um, true. Extremely close games, man. It is like three or four games they should have won. Like um, that game where they well, it was something stupid. I mean, like just dumb happened. Like I think they went for a field goal and they were like fourth and one or something like that. It was something just like ridiculous. And if you look at Russ, sense. once once Hackett got fired, and then I think um, he did look a lot better. He, he looked did. a lot better, and I think he'll look a lot even like better with this new uh, regime coming in. Uh, Sean Payton calling the plays. He's gonna get the best out of. He got some weapons there. 
slew of weapons at receiver. I was about to say, he actually got a lot of pass catchers there. Yeah, so I, I think he's going to get the best out of, um, out of Russ this year. And he looks in shape. If y'all seen Russ, he looks like yeah. he's, he's, yeah. like he's, he's dialed in. Um, Motivated this offseason for sure. Yeah, it's going to be more focused on football this season. Not all those cameras walking around a lot. It's, oh, that's about to be out of here. Sean Payton, you know he run a tight ship. Correct. So Sierra won't be dancing around the locker room. That shit is a wrap. Um, <laughs> it's all about football when you come, you know, come in this facility. So with that being said, I think Russ going to get back to uh, MVP style football. To be honest, I think he's a extreme sleeper at quarterback. My tier four is kind of small, but um, it starts off with Brock Purdy, and that's obviously assuming that he's going to be, you know, ready to roll week one. Jordan Love, Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill. And rounding it out with Kenny Pickett. These are guys that I kind of feel they're in a position where they're going to go left or they're going to go right. And it's not going to be in the middle. It's going to be good or bad. Brock Purdy, I'm not really worried about him too much. He kind of showed what he had last year. We don't know what Jordan Love is going to be. Mac Jones, just as I said with Herbert, being in year one of yet another uh, a better offense, I'm hoping, but still year one of offense. I, I just don't know what I'm going to get out of that. And Ryan Tannehill, I kind of feel like he's on his last leg. I know, we, again, we aren't predicting injury or anything of that nature, but I just kind of feel like Tannehill has lost a step and a good bit of what made him dangerous was being an unsuspected runner. That's how my tier four kind of rounds out. And tier five ends up being – you know, the last of the starting 32 quarterbacks for me. I'll go ahead and throw them out there for my tier five. Starting this, I have Kyler Murray. Then I have Bryce Young, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Howe, Desmond Ritter, and number 32, Baker Mayfield. So that's kind of how it rounds out for me for the 32 starters. Uh, Joe, why don't you go ahead and hit us up with your tier five? All right, so this one's going to be uh, the biggest one I have, actually. And so it goes up to quarterback what? 30, uh, Let's do the 32 to throw out the starters. I got to 28. Gotcha. Okay. So I got Jimmy G, Anthony Richardson, Kyler Murray, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Mac Jones. Yep, that's it. Couple through to 27. So for my tier five. Vanda, what you got? All right, in this tier here, I got Jordan Love, Jimmy G, Kenny Pickett, Kyler Murray, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Mac Jones, Brock Purdy, Desmond Riddler, Tanny Hill, Sam Howell, Baker Mayfield. And that's 32. So we both have Baker as QB 32. Joe, where was CJ Stroud on your list? I have Stroud 26. Okay. So Stroud and Young are kind of at the the back end for all of us. And there's a bit of a groundswell, if you will, from both camps saying that they're going to be as advertised, I would say. So why is it that all three of us as fantasy players ain't really feeling it? I think when it goes into redraft, I don't want to be tied to something I don't know, particularly redraft. Right? I don't want to be locked into something like that on top of that even if they're playing to what we or or practicing to what we um 
think of them as they're going to have matchups, right? They're going to have variances and certain things like, you know, we see typical with quarterbacks uh, as far as rookies, like fumbles, you know, interceptions, making those those split decisions, right? Because in college, it's much easier to read up defense and assimilate where to go with the ball. It's sometimes their checks, like their progressions are much simpler. When in NFL, it's a lot of variances. And can y'all see it all the time when go, going into the draft where like Steve Mariucci or, you know, when John Gruden used to do it with ESPN where they kind of break down that stuff. When you get to the next level, I just feel like it's still that curve to it, you know, that I don't want to take a risk when I can get somebody who can produce more. And I think also to the weapons at both of these places, it's still a question mark. You know what I mean? Like I think, both of them are entering situations where it's not an established guy that can carry the team on both of those offense in Houston and Carolina. Uh, my thing is, uh, it's going to be some growing pains over these guys. And then, I mean, look at the weapons that they have. So it's not really a knock on them per se, but who's the top receivers that these guys are playing with? You look at a guy like Bryce Young, he got some pedestrian guys out there. Some guys that did migrate around the league a little bit. He got Adam Thielen, who may not even last a whole football season. Mingo, he's a specimen. He's raw, but we're going to see what was there. For Stroud. Terrence Marshall is stepping up. And, uh, yeah, I know. I heard that last Chanel year. Is a- yeah, I heard that last year. <laughs> <laughs> CJ Stroud, I mean, you got Robert Woods. Okay. You got Nico Collins. And you're hearing, you know, Tank Dale. He's small. He's a rookie as well. Who who's who is he throwing to? You know what I mean? So I think they weapons kind of like going to limit the reason why they're pretty much where they're sitting there right now. Because all the other, all the other quarterbacks, hell, I th- I'll take C.J. Stroud on the Steelers. That will look way different. You know what I'm saying? He'd be able to rate a lot higher. Facts. I think he's better than Kenny Pickett as far as a quarterback. But again, Kenny Pickett has weapons, <laughs> you know, several bag full of them. So. That's really the difference. So you bring up something interesting. Kenny Pickett has the weapons, yet we really not really sending him much love either. So do we just not see the maturation going on in his second year from year one to year two? Or, or what's going on in his particular situation? Because like you said, he has the weapons. Uh, He got to prove it. But currently, he, he's just not it. I mean, he never threw more than one touchdown in any game last season. So let that sink in. Um, right. You got Deontay Johnson. You got the NFL young boy on the other side. You have a really great tight end, and you having a running back out of the backfield that also can receive the ball. And the most touchdowns you threw in the game was one. Come on, man. No bueno. I actually got him at eighteen. Like I think contrary. Like I think this year we're going to get a slightly better version of him as a player. He also had the most horrendous patchwork offensive line. Like that, I can't say that we've seen in a while. But this was a makeshift offensive line. I like that they kind of addressed it a lot more this offseason and put thought into it. And I think now having Canada going into the second offensive uh, year, I think that's going to lead to a lot more. Allen Robertson, I'm not saying is the most godly wide receiver, but they needed the mold of uh, his skill set just to exploit more of Pickens, more of a Deontay Johnson. And I think having Najee coming back, Fully healthy, not Najee playing through Lynch Frank, but actually healthy. Um, I think it just puts a more complete offense. It's easy to to keen into a second year player or a rookie player when the tendencies are there because of what's around him. So, how, how confident are you in that? Uh-oh. <laughs> how confident I am in him being a quarterback 18? Yeah, 18 or better. 
18 or better? Mm-hmm. I'm I feel like I feel like I'm confident. Yeah. Okay, so so I mean we can go ahead and break the ice here. I mean, we ain't gotta start out with cash. I you know, I I'll put a six pack of Mountain Dew on the line for that one because I don't see it happening, bro. I, I don't can see I it ask, happening. Can we all. do Smirnoff, please? Can we do Smirnoff? Sm- oh, you drinking now? That's what I always drink when I when I when I oh, feel it. Oh, oh, because <laughs> you know you 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 normally kicking back chocolate milk, so you know you normally like, and I, I, don't, I don't drink, so you know I when, when you yell out smear and I so oh so you're not talking about the vodka, you talking about the little wine cooler. First you know, I, I'm grown, Joe. I don't buy wine coolers. I, I I'm not gonna have that. It's associated to me. Mike Howard lemonade. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. I, I, I step it up. I, I step up today. <laughs> it's not a step up, Joe. That was that was sarcasm. That didn't step up. <laughs> For me, it is. Y'all see how happy yeah, I got. I was dead I serious. For you, it is. For you, it is. I, I, but I tell you what, we we, we can do a, a, a six pack of Smirnoff that pickings on the on the over under of ranking eighteen. So that's that's the first thing going on the board for this season. Go ahead now, and can finish we make sure. It, go ahead. Can we make sure he's uh, healthy enough this year? Let's 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 get him to play at least, let's say, thirteen games. Right, oh, he so learned his 13. lesson. He learned his lesson. Right, right. You see, you did. He's gonna put in the stipulations this year. He learned. All right, so we got over under QB eighteen and thirteen games minimum played. It is putting on the board. Go ahead and finish up with your last here, Joe. Oh, yeah, so at 29 through 32, it was simple, man. I had Brock Purdy, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, and then whoever between Howard uh, – I mean, Howell and Brissett to round out my little tier seven. So you actually think that Howell or Brissett will end up being worse in their offense than Baker Mayfield will be with Tampa Bay? Because we can go by names, but we got to go by an entire team. Their defense – Besides, the, uh, was it last year or the year before last? Whenever Chase was healthy, so two years ago, that was a scary defense. Now they've missed it. They let go so many of those pieces and everything. And plus, their defense was just horrible. Everybody picked it on the, the Redskins last year on defense. This is a talented team. I just would have liked to see a more established quarterback to utilize these weapons because they have the all the talent from wide receivers Minus the running back position. But for, as far as wide receivers, I love all their skill sets. I think all of their like, would be enemy. If they had an established quarterback, this would be a top, you know, a top tier offense, in my personal opinion, because they have the wide receivers. But it's just who throwing them the ball, man. I think I don't like Brian Robinson as much. I'm not ecstatic. I'm not ecstatic about, you know, Chris Rodriguez and Antonio Gibson. Those things don't excite me to say that these guys are going to do well. But I do like their offensive weapons, if that makes sense. I like the wide receivers. Well, w- wouldn't you make the same argument for Tampa Bay as far as, you know, them having the wide receivers there that can kind of make it work, but QB just ain't? I, I, I don't know. I, I have a sour taste in my mouth for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of personal. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like he's the worst quarterback in the league. Looking at the division, I feel like other than – well. Because then if I look at the NFC East, so let me let me articulate this way. Well, this way, right? I, Baker Mayfield is trash, right? He's doo-doo. But I think that offense has more, it's more, I think it's more rounded, if that makes sense. Between the two of them. Let me let me there we go. Between the two of them, it's more rounded. I feel like it, I don't I just don't trust either one, but I would trust 
them a lot more with a Godwin, with an Evans, uh, with the Oten uh, going into year two, or Rashad White. Who else they got in the backfield with him? Because they got somebody pretty good. The um, guy behind and somebody else. Yeah, they got, they, uh, they got Sean, some, what's what's but Sean Tucker? Didn't he go to Tampa Bay? Sean Tucker, but they also Rick? had they got a guy in free agency too. Like I just like their team a little bit more than the Redskins, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I had Brock Party at 29, Ryan Tannehill 30, Baker, and then uh, Sam Howell or Brissett at 32. And that pretty much does it for this week. Next week, we will be jumping into wide receiver. Wide receiver will probably break down into two shows because there are so many of them. But we're going to keep the train moving with wide receiver rankings next week. Make sure you tune in for today. We out.